Page a Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James. Thank you for joining me. So, this is just a really brief introductory episode that'll probably not be as brief as I think it is, but mostly I just wanted to take some time to shout out some of my uh, influences in the podcast world. I'd like to give a big thanks to Ben and Mike at Back to the Futurama. They've been a really big part of why I've wanted to start a podcast, and Ben has been pretty helpful along the way as I'm getting things going. So thank you guys. Um, I started this particular podcast uh, after Patrick Rothfuss, the fantasy author, uh, retweeted a podcast called Page of the Wind, and they were dedicating a day per every page of the book Name of the Wind. And it came to me that there's books that I've read enough that I could probably do that. But what would be the most enlightening, even for myself? And I really, I came down to American Gods because there's a lot of depth and there's a lot of layers to the story that on first read, it's really hard to kind of see it all. So I really wanted to do the book justice, especially because there's a lot of connections to Norse mythology, and even in the intermediate, like, 15 years since the book was published, and with the popularity of Gaiman's Norse mythology, there's still a a pretty big deficit of knowledge when it comes to non-Christian deities. There's large swaths of the book that also seem fictional, especially some of like the, the towns and some of the places that the characters visit, but they're real, and it's it's really bizarre to think about some of these places, or it's just really shocking to think of some of these places that exist in this country. So I thought, why not go page by page and really just dig into the book and figure out how blurred the lines are? So uh, I'm going to start with... Neil Gaiman's warning from the start of the book here. Caveat and warning for travelers. This is a work of fiction, not a guidebook. While the geography of the United States of America in this tale is not entirely imaginary, many of the landmarks in this book can be visited, paths can be followed, ways can be mapped. I have taken liberties. Fewer liberties than you might imagine, but liberties nonetheless. Permission has neither been asked nor given for the use of real places in the story when they appear. I expect that the owners of Rock City or the House on the Rock and the hunters who own the motel in the center of America are as perplexed as anyone would be to find their properties in here. I have obscured the location of several of the places in this book, the town of Lakeside, for example, and the farm with the ash tree an hour south of Blacksburg. You may look for them if you wish. You might even find them. Furthermore, it goes without saying that all of the people, living, dead, and otherwise in this story, are fictional or used in a fictional context. Only the gods are real. And I'm going to give you my own warning. Um, I'm going to try to be historically accurate and regionally accurate, uh, literary, literally accurate. And I'm reading from the 10th anniversary hardcover edition, so your page numbers may vary. Um, But more importantly, there's going to be spoilers, and I'm going to do my best not to dive too deep into them, at least not from the very start. But as time goes on, there's aspects of the story, especially with the foreshadowing, that it's going to be important for me to point out or draw attention to. So just be wary of that. 
if you haven't read the book, now is probably a good time to pause the podcast and catch up with the book all the way through once. Then we can start over as friends who have read the book together. Another warning that Neil Gaiman provides in a piece called What the Very Bad Swear Word is a Children's Book Anyway. It's collected in the view from the cheap seats. Um, It was a speech presented about five or six years ago. In that speech, Neil Gaiman says, American Gods contain scenes that I would not want a child to read, mostly because I would not want to explain the scenes to a child who had read them and demanded an explanation. This is a short way of me saying that there's going to be some explicit scenes in the book as we go forward. There's going to be sex, there's some violence, there's plenty of adult language, and it'll probably be pretty explicit from time to time. I can't guarantee that I won't curse more than the book does, but I'm going to do my best. And if you've read the book before, which I hope you have, please read the book first, um... You'll know that there's some wild scenes. Uh, We'll get over one of them in the end of the first chapter, and you remember that scene. But it may be best if you have your headphones on when you listen to this, or if there's no children present. So just be wary of that as well. And on another similar note, I'm a cishet white guy, and... Because of that, I'm going to avoid any and all racial or homophobics or any sort of uh, exclusionary language. I'm trying to do my best by the text that's in the book, but there's some phrases and passages that I don't feel are completely appropriate for me to read aloud, nor would it be useful or helpful if I did. So um, when those cases do come up, as they do in the first chapter, I'm just going to skip the word or phrase entirely and move on with i'd also like to say thank you to julian grand gagnage for his version of saint james infirmary blues which we use as our theme song um i'd like to shout out back to the future armor one more time with a big thank you uh thank you to uh joe fulgham and sasha smolders over at the uh the Dreaming, the sandman read-along podcast which is really excellent um you should read sandman or at least read the first volume before you should go in to listen to theirs. But they do a lot of really good analysis, uh, and they're also just wonderful. Oh, and an extra special thank you to uh, Page of the Wind. It's a really great podcast if you're into Pat Rothfuss's The Name of the Wind and Crackpot Theories and in-depth analysis. Definitely check them out. Um, and I think that's probably about it. Oh, no, I would be remiss if I didn't thank my wife for being so encouraging. Um, She's the reason I'm doing anything like this. My wife is a big influence on a lot of the decisions I make. And I think that should do it for now. I'm trying to think of who else I should thank. And I know there's got to be at least one or two more people out there. So thank you. I will hopefully think of you in uh, the next episode. For now, you can get in touch with us at uh, theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com and on Twitter. Oh, what's my Twitter? At worldbeyondpod is the Twitter for the podcast. Thank you for listening, and remember, only the gods are real.